Thanks for listening to this episode of Two Heels in a Face Wrestling Podcast. On today's episode, we have two special guests. Two guests? <laughs> <laughs> we have Gringo Loco, a.k.a. Charlie Santo. This might get a little confusing because I keep referencing him as Charlie. And then our second guest is Isai, the man you know. If you went to the Zella Pro Show in Milwaukee or heard about it, the man you know as... Sweatpants. Sweatpants. But, yes. but if you also went to the Cinco de Celo, you might know him as Isai. Isai. Right. But uh, but he goes by Isai. Yes. And, and we clear that up with him. So <laughs> Yes. So it's Gringo Loco and Isai. Yeah, the sensei and the the student. Yeah. Um, the protege. The that- protege. Yeah. Uh, but we're back in person together. We're in your uh, new office space. The World Cup was crazy today. And it's uh, been crazy. All these last minute goals, bro. Bro. Last minute goals is a thing in this World Cup, and, <laughs> and I'm so scared. So tomorrow we have Mexico playing, and even though they've won their their two games, they're still not 100 percent qualified. They're still not through. No one is safe. No one is safe in that group. So <laughs> it's we'll the group see. Of death. <laughs> Nobody is safe. Um, uh, what's the guy's name on Argentina? Like the legend, Mardona or Marcona? Mardona, yeah. Did the, you see all his antics today after that goal? <laughs> he. I know the first one he did a kind of praising to God, but I saw a lot of memes referencing the Wakanda. Oh, okay, <laughs> okay. And then he for the second goal he was flicking people off or something. He was flicking people off. Yeah. And then, but somewhere in the middle, he took a little nap. <laughs> and then, yeah, somewhere in the middle he took a nap. And then after he was like, ex- like yeah. exhausted, uh-huh. had to be helped up the stadium stairs because uh-huh. he was flicking and people he got, off. Yeah, hard. yeah. The EMTs checked on him. Yeah, uh, yeah, he's he's one of the greatest of all time. Right, and then there's two Colombia guys who you tweeted about, and I'm like, wait, Charlie knows about Iguita and uh, uh, this other Colombian guy, Valderrama, right? Yeah, Valderrama, who Valderrama. played many years in the MLS. So um, that okay, so I yes, when mm-hmm. I saw his name, I was like, okay, I know that yeah, guy. Pibe, Pibe Valderrama. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, the guy who had the Rick James haircut, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I did not. It's Iguita, bro, fucking awesome goalkeeper. I love when well, you sent me a gif of him, and he yeah. looks the same age yeah. and the same, the same haircut. Mm-hmm. He looks the exact same, yeah. but he's a goalie. Uh-huh. And when we were watching, I was watching the Columbia game over the weekend, he was just a man in a vest and like a suit. Yeah. That looked like, is he the manager? No. No, the no, coach no. Is on no, the no he, these are just, you know, like old timers that are there to watch the game. Okay. You know, he was a goalkeeper back in like 94 okay. or something like that. Yeah. Cool. So, yeah, no, they're not currently playing or involved in any anything oh. to do with the team they're just there to watch the game great uh but yeah i love the world cup we're gonna get cultured today as well on this interview uh so it's a crazy world cup day and then we got to sit down with uh charlie gringo loco and isai and you're gonna learn about uh, a lot about there's a lot of luchador names dropped in this podcast who i had no clue but like chris was shaking his head like, <laughs> uh yes that man uh yes and there's an, a third charlie look out for him there's a third Charlie, There's a, and there's a really <laughs> funny Two Juice story that's retold again. Two Juice, the referee. All right, um, let's not give anything away. Go, okay. Let's, let's just jump right into the I'm interview. I'm rambling. Let's <laughs> jump into the interview. Take Fuck me, nigga. Yeah, yeah. Ooh. Yeah. Sis got blah, boy. Sis got blah, boy. Sis got blah, boy. Sis got blah, boy. Yeah. Nine on one, Shelby Drive, look alive, look alive. Niggas came up on this side, now they on the other side. Oh well, fuck them, dawg. We gon' see how hard they ride. I get racks to go outside, and I split it with the guys. We up on the other side, niggas acting like we. Talk. Thanks for coming. Thanks for coming on a training day. Thanks for coming 
uh, squeezing us in. Um, so this is Chris and myself, Charlie. We're Two's in a Face Wrestling Podcast. We've been doing this for probably a year plus, right? Yeah. But been like pretty heavily involved in the indie scene, at least here for two years. And I say we, I like to say we have a fairly modest local reach, is the way that I like to put sure. it. Uh, but I've been, I've seen both of your work, um, and our gimmick, you could say, is that wrestling is a buffet. So that quote I stole from an MLW podcast I heard once, and <laughs> we've kind of embraced it. And it's the way that we believe that everyone should be thinking, um, and it's kind of fitting the theme of like the wrestling industry today because it is very fragmented meaning that there's not one place you can go to get your fix Mm -hmm. you can go to many different places so what part of that buffet table are you you know watching or eating from today um do you like new japan do you like lucha underground do you like the independence do you like everything it's hard to watch everything and we understand that um so our agenda is broken down into three sections those sections are the salad bar, the hot plate, and the desserts. Oh, this is a serious uh, buffet. I thought you were just like saying it was kind of like a buffet, but it's an actual... This is the gimmick. Bro. Oh, yeah. This is a salad bar. <laughs> right? This is the gimmick. So we don't... Uh, not every um, podcast is like this, uh, but when we do have the time <laughs> and to put into the... Like break it down into that structure, okay. we like to do so. And that's just how we kind of differentiate ourselves. Talking to people like you who don't get asked as much as like, let's say someone who works for ROH to be on podcast is the way we differentiate ourselves as well. Ironically, we listen to Gringo Loco uh, or Charlie. I'm going to call you Charlie. Cause I like that name on a podcast <laughs> that just dropped like three days ago with our friends from wrestling talking randomness, Hank and nerd. Uh, so ironically, this might not be the most different, but then we brought in the backup, which is Isai. Uh, so hopefully like, you know, you guys can bounce each uh, you know, answers off of each other or relate or et cetera. You guys spend, do spend a lot of time together. I've seen Charlie probably get her Quranid like 35 times probably in the past week digitally, some of them from you. In just one video? Yeah. <laughs> the DJZ video on his website, you're in that like 12 times. And in every clip, you're taking a bump off of a her Quranid. Every time. <laughs> it's you could say I'm a specialist at it, I guess. You know? <laughs> yes. Uh, the base god. Um, so, yes, that's an introduction. Um, and I, uh, Chris put together this lovely agenda, um, and I'm just going to allow him to kind of lead and go through it. And then I'm sure. going to start, I'll start throwing some zingers at you. Um, just things that come to my mind, et cetera, et cetera. Sure. Great. Sure. So, um, you know, as part of the salad, it's just quick, fresh takes, right? Uh, and I guess, uh, we have Isai. So I, I want to hear a little bit from you before we dive into the questions that we have already, you know, set in the agenda, but just because it was a nice addition that you were able to come and jump jump on board. Because uh, we've heard the... We were just talking about Isai, Isai, sweatpants, <laughs> right? Like, and, and you know, you, you're you're causing a buzz. Mm-hmm. So, like, I want to hear from you and how did you get started? What's, what's what's going on? What's what's in the horizon for you? <laughs> um, well, first, thank you for even having me. Like, I'm just... The thing is, I'm, like, so green. Like, I'm only six matches in right now. So, like, the <laughs> yeah. fact that you could even have me on is, like, pretty amazing. Um, but, uh, but yeah, no, I uh, actually just kind of started taking everything seriously back in September um, yeah. of 2017. I had a little bit of training with uh, Steve Boz and Kevin Quinn for, for about, like, two or three months in 2016 for a little bit. Okay. Um, unfortunately, like... 
times got tough. I had to stop. Ended up getting a second job, so I had absolutely no time to continue with training. Okay. That was um probably like early summer of 2016. Uh, anyway, fast forward to September 2017. Um, I got in contact with uh, Bryce Benjamin. Yeah. Um, so I was under his uh tutelage, I guess. Um, for quite some time before I was with him for a month before meeting Charlie. Okay. Um, so I'm training now. Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays with Bryce Benjamin, nice. and then Tuesdays and Thursdays with Charlie. So I'm training five days a week. Yeah, if you, awesome. guys, if you, if you so, didn't catch that, that's the entire week. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, he doesn't um. stop. And then after that, I'm just gonna throw this out there: he yeah. works out after training. Yeah, so after training. the work ethic of this kid is is top notch. I've never seen anything like it. Great. Seriously, yeah. Awesome, it's awesome. Uh, and uh, really quick, Pat Monix was saying that Bryce Benjamin is Chicago's best kept secret. So yeah. this is just another example of like how he is kind of this the sensei of at least like getting people in here mm-hmm. uh, in this area. So that's just another example. I just wanted to point that out that that keeps, that's a recurring theme on right. our podcast. It right. seems. Yeah. No. Yeah. Bryce is great. Um, mm-hmm. Pretty much. I've learned all like pretty much my American style from him. Okay. Um, that's where I'm learning how to work. Um, with air quotes. With the, with the air quotes. <laughs> yes. Um, and then with all my, uh, I don't want to say, cool stuff but you know like pretty much all my more flips more more lucha it all comes from charlie your flippy shit yeah my flippy shit <laughs> <laughs> totally um, forgot we can swear on this so <laughs> fuck yeah man the flippy shit <laughs> um yeah but uh but yeah so i guess uh being able to train with bryce uh three days a week and then charlie the other two days is kind of it's sped up my process yeah you know, in terms of progression that sounds you know. like a training dream if you really want it right? yeah 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 I'm, I'm getting best of both worlds in american and lucha you know and then of course we have you know our seminars every so often right um we're like so right at night where we learn like european strong style oh um yeah so it's yeah so like we have our little bit of mix of everything um so yeah like i said it's, it's pretty much sped up my my progression to be from to go from starting training in september to making my debut in april like that's Pretty crazy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah absolutely. Fast yeah. track, bro. Fast track. Yeah, That's all yeah. I can say, man. It's crazy. Yeah. yeah. That's great. So, uh, you know, talking about training and, uh, you know, Charlie Gringo. I, in my mind, it's Gringo. It's not Charlie, but. Say Charlie. Charlie wants <laughs> This guy likes Charlie. Let's Charlie. Charlie. Whatever. Right. Um, so, you know, you're, uh, as I mentioned, you're bringing the Lucha background. You trained in Mexico. Can you talk a little bit about that? Um, what's, you know, the difference over there? Like, I'm, I'm very curious. I've, I've always watched Lucha Libre, but I've never, obviously, I've never known, you know, what what that is like. At least, you know, I get to talk to you guys here and, and you know, what you guys are doing at Gali and all this other stuff. But uh, what's what was like that over there? And oh, how man. did you end up in Mexico? <laughs> I mean, I literally left right after high school. Uh, it was one of those things where it was uh, a dream of mine. I was in a Lucha Libre gym while in high school, uh, just learning pretty much the basics. And they said, if you really want to continue doing this and get serious about it, because everybody up here was kind of wishy-washy, not really doing it seriously, just kind of doing it on the weekends. Mm-hmm. I'm like, but where are the best of this sport that you guys are doing? Mm-hmm. Mexico City. I'm like, well, where's that? Like, I'm, I, I, I mean, I knew where it was, probably somewhere in Mexico, but like, I'm like, all right, well, I got to figure out how to get down there because yeah. I want to work the best. These guys are good, but I'm sure there's better. So um, threw myself there. Didn't know a lick of uh, Spanish at all. And That's uh, bold. I, See, did, I, I always yeah. thought that. You were Hispanic. I always thought that too. <laughs> I'm gonna be no, I, I am not. But um, I tell a couple people that I am. But it's a whole okay. other story. But it, the real story is that I'm not. But um, 
So I was invited, kind of, by a CMLO superstar. He had seen my work at Congress Theater. The, the oh, yeah, yeah. Remember that place? Mm-hmm. That place was lit every time I worked there. <laughs> I was, I mean, I down. was like 15 or 16 working in front of 3,000 people with Mil Maskers on the card. Like, mm-hmm. the best times of my life, right? So wow. I had had experience. He had seen my show. I had done the tortilla thing. Uh, I had a little, I had enough Spanish to kind of get by. Okay. He saw the show. He's like, Gringo, please hit me up if you ever go to Mexico City. So it was kind of like an invitation, but very loose. It wasn't like, you know, meet me at this location and I'll take care of yeah. you, whatever. So right, I went down right. there. I had a number that was like, I don't know, 17 digits long. I don't yeah. know how to call it. And uh, I get down there. <laughs> I'm in a hotel and I just try to dial it. And I ask the front desk people, hey, can you call this number? No answer. I'm like, well, there, there goes that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm in Mexico City and I don't know how to speak to anyone outside. So what am I going to do, right? So um, I kept calling, kept calling. Three days later, he does answer the phone. He's like, oh, man, you're down here. Let's go train. I'm like, yeah, let's do that. He takes me to Arena, Mexico. I don't know if you know yeah. about that, mm-hmm. but it's like the Cathedral of Lucha Libre. It's the yeah. best training facility probably on the planet. I don't know this, right? So I'm going okay. in. Like, okay, we're going to go roll around, whatever. It was the most vigorous training I've ever had in my career. And it was an everyday thing if you wanted it to be. And I wanted it to be. So I completely immersed myself into this world. Uh, Learning everything from three-quarter rows to basing to every type of technique you can imagine. Lots of basing. Lots of basing. But I didn't know what I was doing. I was just like, oh, okay, well, you're teaching me the techniques. Anyway, it turned me into the base guy. But... um, I always knew that my work ethic was uh, higher than others down there because I would show up every single day. And a, a lot of the stars, air quote again, yep. uh, wouldn't. And I'm just like, why are, why are they, if they love this and this is their actual job, why aren't they here every day? Right. I just didn't, I couldn't yeah. understand. Mm-hmm. And that's carried on all the way until present day. I'm okay. there every single day. Like, I just, I don't know what it is. It's just like, I need to be there. Yeah. Even if there's nobody there. I remember being um, in Guadalajara training for CMLL in the Coliseo. And I would sometimes be the only one there. And I would just be like, well, what can I do? Well, I can do three-quarter rolls. I can do rope work. I can do whatever I need to do to get better at this Lucha Libre game. Okay. And it's it's just like that present day. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's... Uh, I mean, it's not. It's okay to, to lo- you know, find a job you love. And, and, and um, I'm like... Kind of, I've kind of hit the point where... Um, people will raise an eyebrow like on a Saturday if I just want to get like five hours in on the computer. Yeah. And it's just like, but the, it's fulfilling to me. Exactly. My accomplishing a to-do list and like working is a fulfilling thing to me. So I can kind of relate to that. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, I'm very glad that you found that. Yeah, I've had some of the best teachers in Lucha Libre too. I just wanted to shout them out, man. Like Black Terry, Grand Cochise. A lot of the people that are listening to this may or may not know those names, but like Ultimo Guerrero, Vitos, like these guys are the teachers of lucha libre and i was fortunate enough to work with all of them great what yeah. did you do in those you casually said it but there was like a you're like okay he called me three days later what were you doing in those three days so, <laughs> as you can imagine like i had just gotten out of high school i don't know really where i'm at yeah. like i'm in a hotel it's it a, looks like the city of mexico by the like, way like let's not i want to point out also that what you did is scary for most people. Oh, very frightening. I'm going to get to the scary part. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, you read all this stuff and you see the, the headlines from the states. Uh, you know, you may not want to go to Mexico City because foreigners get robbed. Like, you just know that, right? That's I don't right. know. I just kind of knew don't that. Don't travel alone. Like, that's just an unwritten rule. <laughs> so, what did I do? so what did I do for the three days? I stayed in my hotel room and that's, that's a true story. I did not leave and they, there wasn't a okay. restaurant connected so I just had stuff delivered. That's the absolute truth because I was so scared to go outside. Wow. I'm like, how could I go outside? They're going to rob me as soon as I walk out the door. That's yeah. just the stigma that the country no, had at I, that point, you know? I agree. Which is completely false, by the way. You can walk for miles with a watch on and nothing happens. You know right. what I'm saying? So, it, it's um, uh, it's the hardest part is the start. 
absolutely like, anything absolutely anything. i was just scared because like i wasn't able to communicate with anybody you know that's true if i wanted to get like a plate of chicken how do you say that i don't know you don't so it was just a yeah. confusing scared time but as soon as i connected with him uh his name was tarzan boy by the way who was um a big star at the time uh helped okay. me out 100 percent completely he was the best guy to me when Great. i was down there yeah cool so we we did mention the uh the podcast with wrestling talk and randomness where you went into depth about uh your your health scare right mm-hmm. And we'll let people go and check out. Let's talk about. Let's talk about wrestling. Taco. Taco. Oh yeah, like talk taco. about wrestling. Talk right? about let's wrestling. Talk about wrestling. Podcast. Not talk about authentic as well. <laughs> right. Well, right. I saw they put some uh, oh, lettuce yeah. and tomato on the tacos. So I'm like, I don't know if that's really authentic, but right. we'll let it slide. <laughs> <laughs> so go check that out. You'll listen to to uh, Gringo's health scare story. Yes. Um, and you know we talked about Arena Mexico and and you know your journey there. And the first time I got to saw you was a freelance uh, at the Logan Square Auditorium. And it was a bit after, you know, you're, you recovered and were trying to get back. So how did you get that introduction back into freelance? How did you end up at the Logan Square Auditorium? And how long was that, um, you know, that process between, you know, what was it? What would you consider a heart attack? Yeah, it was, yeah. It was cardiac arrest. Yeah. Cardiac arrest. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, jumping back into the ring. Uh, how did I get there? I annoyed the shit out of Matt Nix. <laughs> really? <laughs> All the time. Okay. I would I would go to every freelance show, whether it was Bottom Lounge, Chop Shop. I would watch from the stands. I would go That's in the great. back. I would say hello. I'd say, listen, I'm available. I could walk to Bottom Lounge. Like, why is this not happening? Yeah. Just give me the one shot, and I will make things work after that. Please just give me the shot. That's how it happened. And you it was, um, I want to say... When I cut that promo, I think that's the show you're talking about. Mm-hmm. That was uh, exactly a year to the day that uh, the heart attack happened. So yeah, yeah, yeah. just about a year after that, after that happened. So um, I did a little one-off uh, at the chop shop, and I'm very glad that I got to wrestle in front in that venue because mm-hmm. that venue was cool. But um, I didn't get called back until six months after that. So yeah, that's that's how I got into freelance. I just <laughs> would not lay, leave Matt Nix alone. <laughs> and then sounds, you, uh-huh, a lot of what ahead. I'm hearing sounds like a story you would see like in movie theaters. Yeah, you know, like coming back from cardiac arrest, and then it's <laughs> like a guy just shows up at a gym and and pesters the booker. Like yeah. it's cool though that it's it's definitely really a story. Happening. A story, absolutely. Uh, yeah, what happened to me is not a common thing at right. all. Not at not at 31. Right. Not at all. And uh, and I actually came across a clip of you. Uh, there was a Berwyn show and benefit to to you. Who put that together? I couldn't figure that out. Oh, so there was two actually. One okay. was Carlos from Galley, and then the other. That's one That's what was, I thought it was. That, the other the one, one was put together randomly by a guy that just kind of knew me. He was a fan called Greñas. Okay. Um, and he was just a guy that started to do shows, but then he just kind of tapered off. And uh, you know, he saw how serious uh, it was that happened to me, and he, yeah. he put it all together, all in Berwyn. He rented the venue and just got. Whoever he could as a wrestler to come by and do it for me. That was really nice of him, by the way. That's cool. Yeah. Um, all right. And I won't skip the fact that we have Isai. Um, so talk to us about how you ended up at Cello with uh, with sweatpants and no no gear or whatever. I don't know if you were ready for that. or I think um, you were just called up last minute, something like that. Yeah, it was it was pretty last minute. Um, it's funny because I was talking with a, with a peer of mine, and we were just talking about like places that we would like to work. And... Of course, one of the places that I mentioned was Zello. I was mm-hmm. like, I was like, well, you know, I would really like to work there at some point, mm-hmm. and then that ended up being my in-ring debut. Um, but I, if I'm not mistaken, I, I believe it was D-Ray, um Valentino who 
pretty much put in the word for me. Um, okay. to, D-Ray to would be in on the sessions where I was just starting to meet him and see what he right. was capable of. Yeah. He would be there at a lot of the sessions, yeah. so he knew he firsthand like what was going on behind yeah. the scenes right. with me and him. You know, right. so with, uh, okay. With, with Bryce too, he went to a lot of uh, his training classes too. So I'm okay. I'm pretty sure it's him that put in the word for me. Um, I there were times where he would bring it up to me, and it was kind of the idea was there that I would um, be wrestling for Zello at some point. Um, I, I don't even know if I could talk about it, but the original idea was for me to uh, not really debut as myself. They're, they're, uh, they had a show sponsored by El Himidor, and in which yes. their, their mascot yeah. is a luchador. So mm-hmm. I was originally supposed to be the, the mascot. Oh. Um, yeah, so, so that was the original for plan. For the tequila brand? Right, yeah. <laughs> he was yeah. going to be a tequila bottle. Bro. <laughs> Try doing a, a head scissors in a te- tequila bottle uh, costume. Yeah. Or yeah, I know, but um, yeah. So that was that was the original plan. Um, but uh, it was that was supposed to be for a May show mm-hmm. in April. Yeah. Austin Aries was coming for uh, for a seminar. Um, the whole deal with that is Austin Aries was gonna come run the seminar, and then at the end pick somebody to you know yeah. have someone for the show the next day. Um, I mean, long story short, we go through the whole seminar. Uh, Matt, who's in charge of Zello, he he called me over and he was like, "Hey, uh, how would you like to be on the show tomorrow?" And it was just completely out of nowhere. Like I wasn't expecting it. Like you know, there there were other guys who um, have a lot more experience than me mm-hmm. um, at that seminar. Right. So I wasn't expecting it to go towards me. Um, I was completely taken aback. Mm-hmm. Uh, they it was uh, Matt and Gary. They both mentioned it to me. They were like, you know, we have the show tomorrow. We would like you to come out. I was just kind of like, oh man, <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, it just hit me out of nowhere. I was I was I was seriously like thinking about it for like a good five to ten minutes just standing there like oh i don't know uh just trying to come up with like excuses um right but uh it was gary who he actually said he's like you know what he's like to be honest you're never gonna be ready he's like no matter who asks you first to make your debut wherever he's like you're gonna feel this nervousness he's like he's Mm -hmm. like i would say just do it yeah um he's like just jump in it he's like he's like do you have gear i was like nope <laughs> he's like, all right, well, we'll we'll, uh, we'll make some calls. I'm pretty sure we can talk to somebody and bring, they can bring you gear. I was like, well, I think I have an idea of what I might wear. Um, so I was like, all right, cool. Well, we'll do that then. So I ended up saying, yeah. Uh, the next day, I went to work. Told my boss, I was like, hey, good news and bad news. Good news is I'm booked for my first show. Bad news is I gotta leave early because it was up uh up in Milwaukee. Yeah. Um. So he he was super supportive about it. He was like, all right, you know, for sure, leave whenever you have to. You know, Great. Go, get, go get ready. I was like, all right, cool. So uh, me not having gear, you would think I would go somewhere to buy gear. I went to uh, to the nearest Dick's Sporting Goods and bought yeah. armbands, and that's it. Great. <laughs> <laughs> right. uh, some, some white uh, uh, basketball shooting sleeves. Um, so that's all I bought. I was like, all right, cool. I already have like th- these cool jogging pants that, that I wear during uh, training sometimes. So I was like, I can just wear that, put my knee pads over that. I was like, I'm, I'm set. Um so pretty much fast forward to uh, our our mm-hmm. my debut in the middle of the match they start chanting let's go sweatpants right <laughs> and yeah. I'm like these aren't like supposed to be sweatpants <laughs> you know? um, but yeah so so that's how that name came about but like as soon as I heard it I was like is that are they chanting for me <laughs> like because first of all I have never been chanted for to that up right. until that oh, point yeah. <laughs> so there's that and then they're saying sweatpants I'm like but my name's Isai <laughs> like, you know it really didn't click yeah. to you that that's what was going on no like it was like like it was just the initial thought I was like wait a minute like why are they calling me that and yeah. I was like oh it's because I'm wearing sweatpants <laughs> did um, you did you get any uh 
jokes or ribs when you showed up when you ch- you changed and like you're wearing sweatpants that anyone else um, say anything or n- not not initially okay but um like uh GPA, I feel like he had the most jokes. Like, um, he, he uh, you know, the, those uh, those all in posters. He put like the all in with the sweatpants yeah. inside of it. Yeah, just a yeah. pair of sweatpants, not yeah. his face or anything. Yeah, just right, sweatpants. Right, just sweatpants. Sweatpants is all in. Yeah, and yeah. then uh, another one. He took a he took a picture of uh, some sweatpants at a store, and he's like, "Oh, I just got these Eastside ones." <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "Oh, what a guy!" Wait, oh, we're not supposed to guy. laugh. Fuck GPA. Um, uh, what? A, so like, uh, was it just extreme? rush of butterflies beforehand like compare feeling before and feeling after um the match well of course like i said the when uh matt and gary had first uh mentioned it to me the butterflies started right away and they probably didn't go away they're, they're probably still they're like kind of still here right now <laughs> yeah it's um, like at least one one monarch still there <laughs> right yeah. yeah um but no it was uh leading up to the whole show like you know it would like come and go like i would like just kind of chill um and then like i'll start thinking about it again and i get nervous all over again um Okay. Uh, we all, a few of us, we met up uh, at Galley, at the Galley Arena, yep. mm-hmm. before heading to, to Milwaukee. Um, so I walk in, and uh, Storm Grayson's there, Bryce Benjamin's there. Uh, I walk through the doors, and, uh, Simon, oh, sorry. and uh, Simon Grimm is standing there. And I was like, oh, hey, I forgot you were going. <laughs> you know? like, <laughs> That's um, pretty cool. Yeah, so he's standing there. We just talk for a little bit. Um, we end up, uh, we take the drive to Milwaukee. We get there. Uh, I see the whole setup. You know, mm-hmm. they're still in the middle of it, but like just seeing it, like the layout, all the seats around. And I was yeah, like, oh, you did beat it a pretty cool arena. Yeah, so. yeah. Turner yeah. Hall. Turner yeah. Hall. Turner yeah. Hall. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. So yeah. So I get there. Um. I'm just super nervous. Uh. I'm not really talking to anybody. Then again, I'm, I'm like quiet anyway. But like this time, I'm like just kind of to myself, just yeah. sitting there, like super nervous, just thinking about everything. Right. 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 And um. At one point, I, I just told Charlie about this the other day. Um, I, like, had, like, a moment. I was sitting in the dressing room, and I'm just sitting there, like, super nervous, just staring straight ahead, like, thinking about anything and everything. Um, so I'm sitting there, and, like, I look I look pretty much, like, at my feet, and uh, there's DJ Z right there. He's doing push-ups. Okay. So I'm like, oh, that's cool. <laughs> and I look to my right, and it's uh, Robbie E and Coco Bana. They're just, mm-hmm. just, you know, shooting the shit, just talking to each other. I'm like, oh, that's cool. Yeah. And I look to my left, and Austin Aries walks in. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm here. I'm like oh, that's Where cool. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, what is, what is this? Like, what has my life become right now? <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, so, like, just seeing, it, and it was just us five, you know? Me, DJZ, Austin Aries, Coco Banda, and Ravi. Yeah. And I'm like, these guys aren't even, like, looking at me, like, who is this kid? They're just kind of like, oh, what's up? <laughs> like, right. Another, another guy in the show, you know? Yeah. And that was, like, that was, like, just super weird for me. It was very, um... A surreal moment, you know. Right. But um, uh, but I do know DJZ from uh from a few training from you know trainings that we had before. Yeah. Um. So he saw how nervous I was. He kind of sat next to me and he was like, you know what? He's like, you do this all the time. He's like, you're gonna be fine. Uh. He kind of you just kind of give me a little pep talk. Cool. Um. To which I appreciate. And I got it from like a few people. Um. I got it from Charlie. I got it from Bryce Benjamin. Uh, I got it from GPA. You know. Uh. D Ray. Like a whole bunch of people. Nice. Um. Leading up to the actual match, uh, super, super nervous. Um, we're up next. We're standing out, uh, outside the, out by the gorilla, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the match was uh, me and CJ Esparza of Zero Gravity right. against mm-hmm. uh, Storm Grayson and Jason Hades. Yep. Um, so it's all four of us standing in gorilla. I'm like super nervous. I'm trying to do push-ups. Like, to just trying to get rid of the nerves. It's not really helping. Um, <laughs> and look more jacked. <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, true. <laughs> um, uh, Storm and uh, Jason Hades head out. 
I'm like, oh crap, it's our turn. <laughs> uh, uh, CJ Sparsley, he's like, he's like, you want to let me go out there first? And you just follow behind me. I'm like, very right, cool. He goes out there and he's out there for like three seconds before he come out. He like ended up turning around, like looking for me. I'm like, oh, I should probably go out now. As soon as I went out, it was like completely like in my element. Like, okay, cool. Yeah, like, I good. felt like all the butterflies kind of went away. Um, I was obviously still nervous, but it was just kind of like, like this is it. There's game it's on. real game yeah. on. Yeah, no backing out now. So. And then it also helped that all the lights, they're shining right at you. Yeah. So you can't really see the crowd. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so, so that kind of helped too. Nice. Um, yeah, but um, we went through the whole match. Surprisingly, um, I got the pin for me and uh, CJ yeah. Sparsley. And honestly, honestly yeah. I, I'm not just saying this because mm-hmm. you're here. In my opinion, that was the loudest pop of the night. <laughs> I think like uh, the main event, the crowd was really heavily invested in, but the baby face didn't go over in that main mm-hmm. event. So like yeah. that was like the biggest baby face pop. Yeah. Of yeah, the night, in my opinion, from what I heard. Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, that's that's kind of what I thought. <laughs> um, no, but like, I don't. Know, I guess, but also I was in the middle of it, so all the noise is coming towards me. So that's why I kind of thought it was loud. But um, mm-hmm. but uh, but no. So I go and do my thing. My very first move, aside from when I kicked the rope and a uh, crouch storm, was um the Toby con Hilo. So I mm-hmm. felt like that really set, you know, my, um. And let people know what I was about, you know. Yeah, like that yeah, was the very the first. Thing. Yeah, yeah. Right, set exactly. the tone for what was <clears throat> the rest of the match. Right. right. Yeah, and and the kind of wrestler I am, <laughs> yep. you know, because that was the very first thing I did, just jumping over the top rope. True. Um. Yeah. So, did that. Got a full, few other cool moves in. Got the pin. Um. Went to the back, and it was like you know everybody was like congratulating me. Like I wasn't expecting that. I thought everybody was gonna be like, oh, cool, good job, you know. <laughs> but like I was getting like hugs and everything, and yeah, it, it was it was pretty surreal. I was like I was like definitely on a high that entire night. Nice, yeah, it was very cool. Um, a couple things too. Uh, I keep refer- just because you guys probably see each other every day. I'm gonna keep referencing the Pat Monix podcast that we did, but he mentioned like being in a locker. Independents are crazy because you're in the locker room with all these different people who have wrestled on so many different levels, but you're just peers, right? So that's like an example of right. like everyone being cool around you, even though that's they're, the, you're the debut and there's a guy coming from WWE or came right. from. Right. Um, and then also another, so if uh, like if you want to wrangle like three people who get mentioned a lot on this for being good trainers is, Char- is the man to your right, Charlie, Bryce Benjamin, and DJZ as well. Mm. So Pat Monix put it over DJZ, you're putting him over as well, so I just wanted to acknowledge another person in Chicago who tends to help uh the young yeah yeah i mean like like obviously djz has been pretty busy lately you know mm-hmm. ever since it's like returned to impact and just getting super booked lately like um so i i we don't get to see him as often we don't um, we wish but, we could but mm-hmm. he's everywhere and yeah yeah all the time which is good you know yeah like, absolutely you know, st- completely support it yeah. absolutely he's yeah. like canada japan like probably going back down to mexico down in august it's just literally the entire globe while we're yeah Keep keep working in Villa Park. Yeah. Yeah. We're here. Yeah. We're still doing it. Yeah. 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 But we do definitely miss him. Like when when he was, you know, coming around more often, he was definitely a huge, huge hub. Great. Yeah. Great. One of the things I wanted to mention real quick, I, I knew what he was capable of, right? Yeah. I never cared that he didn't have gear because I know what how wrestling is and I knew the talent that he possessed. So like it didn't matter if he had sweatpants. It didn't matter if he had like a speedo on, bro. It right. doesn't matter what he does is is what was going to get over, and that's why the people were chanting for him in Milwaukee. Right. I was never. Everybody else was like, "Oh, we can't book him. He doesn't have gear." I was like, "Well, you're kind of an idiot, bro. You don't know what he's able to do. Why don't you give him a chance with whatever he wears?" CeeLo did that, and look what happened. Nice. Yeah. Got the biggest pop of the night. You said. Yeah. You also, uh, you guys, gone at it once at that cello show mm. uh, with without the Himador gimmick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> 
But uh, Gringo, I wanted to ask you, like, you you put over Isai a lot and, you know, his talent and how you enjoy your training with him. And I think you even mentioned that um, the favorite your favorite person to train with was Charlie Manson, right? Yep. That was the number one guy. That was the number one. And now we have Shout Isai. out to Charlie's everywhere in the world. <laughs> <laughs> That's the third Charlie of the show, man. This is uh, it's getting serious. Uh, are you a Charles? I am. Okay, same. Oh, are you really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we, we got away from that real quick, didn't we? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no Charles here. We're not proper. Uh, but yeah, um, Charlie was uh, the man. I mean, we worked, worked together for four or five years, and I mean, he was doing everything that Eastside's doing, but we're talking back in the day when I wasn't really base god yet. Mm-hmm. Now that I know like pretty much every single technique, and to have somebody that's able to do it with me, it's like the best time of my career right now. Honestly. So uh, who, the, I guess the follow-up to that was... Um, who have you enjoyed working the most in a, in a, in a like a somewhat of a long term uh, program, uh, some sort of feud? Uh, I mean, the two people that come up obviously all the time on these podcasts is DJ Z and Laredo Kid. Again, because these guys come with the same style that I do, yeah. but they do the technical part of it, and I just do the bass part of it. So, I mean, when you have those two that mesh perfectly together, it's the best time. Yeah. Absolutely. I haven't yeah. seen Laredo Kid in, in a while. Yeah, no, he's he's another one of them guys that's everywhere every yeah. every mm-hmm. weekend, every week, just going somewhere, you know. There's going to be a good transition. We're going to going to get into more basing, mm-hmm. um, not yeah. Well, let, let's that be the opener of the hot plate. So okay, cool. that wraps up the salad. That was the salad. I hope we're not too full. <laughs> <laughs> What's your favorite part of the salad, by the way, both of you? Of um, a salad, of an actual salad, yeah. of an actual salad. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The croutons, yeah, yeah, I was say croutons, yes, croutons, I yeah, croutons, yeah, for sure, fantastic. Um, okay, so now we're going to get into the hot plate. Yeah. You want me to kick it off? Yeah, go ahead. Okay, I'll kick it off. Um, so, our impression of Gringo Loco, okay, can really work. He's being booked at freelance consistently. There, was, there wasn't a story. Now, there was one, and still probably is. I did not see that show, but I don't, there wasn't a uh, closure, Mm-mm. at least you could say. Um, I'm glad you're okay, too, after almost being shocked uh, by that taser. <laughs> right. Um, but you're, you're in a meaningful story right now. And, like, how do you feel about that? And, uh, and you're able to talk on the, mic, on the mic and able to advance that story. Was that, like, a missing puzzle that you were craving? Because I didn't see any other place kind of booking you in that fashion. Yeah, I was, I was extremely happy when the idea came to me because... Uh, I've I've known him for 15, 16 years since the beginning of my career. Oh, so, great. Yeah, it had a lot of sentimental value to me. And uh, it happened organically, I think. Okay. It wasn't like a forced, hey, this guy hates this guy, let's just do a feud, you know. Um, I'm not sure if the fans of Freelance knew that I knew him for that long, but he was a friend that backstabbed me in front of everyone and really tried to hurt me and then consistently jumped me from behind. And then the beginning of that match that you referred to right. jumped me at the entrance. Like, it was a... It was a brawl. It was a fight. Yeah. It wasn't a wrestling match. It was a it was a beatdown yeah. by both parties, <laughs> and I like being part of that. Uh, okay. I did a lot of that in Mexico City, so it's right up my alley. Great. Um, and I think uh, it's definitely not over. There's still more to the story to be told, Absolutely. but uh, I am looking forward to seeing what happens with that because uh, I enjoy working with them. Cool. Sure. And we and, and it, during the brawl, you still found a way to jump off of a ladder somehow. So yeah, uh, I, I, I found a hidden ladder under uh, under a little mat, and I just set it up and jumped on him. So that was yeah. that was a fun that was a fun little spot there. Yeah, it looks yeah. it looked fun for me to watch, and not yeah. as much fun for you. Yeah, but, I'm uh, sure. Yeah, we're glad you're involved. I wanted to point out we're like glad you're involved in meaningful storytelling. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Right. So one of the things that I have here on the hot plate is you've established yourself as the base god, right? 
Can you explain what that means to you? What is what does it mean to be the base guy? I can. Um, so if if you have um, a guy that is savvy in the technical aspect of flying or doing lucha libre, I'm the guy that's going to hit the base part ten out of ten times, which means I have zero uh, falls on my record. And this goes back all the way to Mexico City. I was taught it is so important to catch your uh, rival or the guy you're working with every single time, not not half the time, because that half a time that could lead to a broken whatever, a broken right, arm, right, broken right. finger. Mm-hmm. You don't want that, and then he's out right. of money. He can't work, so it's just so important. I don't think people know that nowadays. I would, I wish more people would train the art of basing because the wrestling world would be a happier place. I always say that because it's like <laughs> right. everybody would do their dives a lot more uh, confidently. Um, they would, you know, be willing to maybe try some things they never tried before because they know that the guy. You know, catching him is going to be 100 percent of the time uh, under him, and just know with confidence this is going to look beautiful. Right. You know yeah. So, base guy to me is um, just capturing that moment of that split second of either this guy's going to get hurt or he's not. And I've always taken care of my partner when I'm work, work, when I'm in the ring with him. So that's mm-hmm. that's kind of like what it means to me. So, uh, I the idea came actually from DJZ, the base guy part. I, we were watching Lucha Libre, and we were watching all these guys. Um, and we, we were like, well, how many how many guys have like zero falls? Like they didn't they'd never dropped anybody. Yeah. Yeah. There's only like twenty on the globe. <laughs> There's, okay. We broke it really? down to like twenty on the planet. New Japan, all that. Yeah. There's only twenty people that we can confidently say that guy would catch every single time. So that's a the statistical category. <laughs> yes, yeah. in, in our in our little Lucha Libre minds. But okay. um, and then I was like, yeah, man, those guys are base guys. Like they're just gods of base. Like they're they're so <laughs> awesome. And then we looked at each other. We were like. Dude, base god, man, you got to run with that. You're a base god. You're one of them. I was like, really? He's like, yeah, man, you have to run with that. I got shirts made the next week. Nice. <laughs> Who are awesome. the other base gods? Oh, I mean, just off the top of that. So, like, a lot of them are in CMLL because they okay. train five days a week of just basing. Like, Euphoria, right. Ultimo Guerrero. Um, you got a lot of guys like Virus, uh, a guy that just passed away, Arcanco, that I'm where did they. Um, there's, there's a bunch of guys down there, pretty much all in CMLL. I mean, AAA has a lot of them, too, like a Verano, Mephisto, all them guys. Um, there's like little clicks of them, you know, mm-hmm. okay. and and the guys that they work with, they all know uh, that you know th- those are their partners pretty much for life, and they they can do such spectacular moves and in spots that can't be done anywhere else. Yeah, you know what I mean. So I aim to do that here. It's kind of like what I'm doing here, but nobody else does it. So yeah. I just, I, just <laughs> I, I I take people out of their comfort zones every match, and they hate it, but they love it at the same time because they're having fun. It's stuff they've never done before. Right. So. Yeah, I'm sure they're yeah. and then they're grateful after you catch them with absolutely your, with your shoulder blade. Absolutely. <laughs> well, and if I could just add to that, yeah, like yeah. as a base god, being a god, you would be like the father of the base scene. You should be able to teach other people how to base. And just to bring it back to the training, we have um, you know, we have guys there who are I'm building so much trust with them because I I know that they're gonna catch me. Yeah. Um, we just had a, an outdoor show with uh, AWS. Um, I, I did a spot with a Billy Star where we both jumped over the top rope um, just onto concrete. I I messed up. Okay. <laughs> it, it was just supposed to be a, um, a uh, just like a house show, just jump over uh, kind of cross body type thing. Okay. Yeah. I held on a little bit too long and I flipped and uh, Golden Dragon, he caught me with absolutely no problem. He, uh, we went down nice and slow. Nobody got hurt. Well, he got a little hurt. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, like, you know, that's that's something I know that he picked up from Charlie, you know, just knowing that you have to be there, you know, 100% of the time. Yeah. 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 Right. yeah. So he, he protected me. And so, like, you know, like I said, um, he's able to teach. And I can guarantee that. when I met that Golden Dragon kid, before he trained with me at all, 
Esau would have been dropped on his head, and I'm not kidding. The way that he came yeah. into him on Sunday or whatever day that was, mm-hmm. uh, had he not been training with me, that would have been a bad situation. It just would have been horrible. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but the training he picked up with mm-hmm. me, he knows you got you just have to do this, regardless if it's like hot asphalt behind you. Like you have to, right. you have to catch. Esau. And he came in wrong. Like he called whatever it was, mm-hmm. and it came in differently. And and uh, Dragon knew exactly what to do. After I looked it over on the video, I was like, hell yeah, man, that's progress. Mm-hmm. That's serious progress because he's mm-hmm. fine. Dragon's fine, and we're going home happy. Great. Yeah, Great. it's like a, it's got to be a mental switch that you're flipping of like even diving and catching people, and it probably just takes like repetition, like you said, knowing that I have to be there. You have to tell yourself I have to be there for him because you're going to hurt someone otherwise. Right. Like at the end of the day, that's your brother, so you got to protect them. Right. You know? yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So, talking about those small injuries, uh, this weekend at Gali, you posted that you were at the hospital after uh, having a match with Penta. Um, and it was Penta, Vandolero, and Volto, right? Yeah, Senzo. Mm-hmm. Senzo. Mm-hmm. Um, can you talk a little bit about that? Are you all right? Yeah, I'm, I was really banged up. I was feeling a, a real dizzy. I took a lot of like uh, like shots to the head with some metal thing. Uh, I took a car bumper fender to the arm, and there was like a big laceration on my arm. I just wanted to make sure I, I was okay to like go to sleep. I was feeling a little concussed. Like there was a lot of spots in the match where I was like, yeah, I don't I don't know if I'm feeling too well, and especially when I got to the back. Um, just wasn't an, an easy feeling, so yeah. it was just like a little laceration on my arm and uh, just feeling a little dizzy. But I'm I'm fine. It wasn't like an overnight thing or anything. I just wanted to make sure I was fine. Oh, okay. Cool. Like Penna, Penna is like the real deal. Like, is, this, is this the first time you you wrestle? No, and a street fight, yes, and it's okay. a whole different element. Like I feel like that's his world, uh-huh. <laughs> and I was just like hanging out in it. I'm like, oh man, this is serious. Yeah, he hits hard and he hits with a purpose, bro. So if you're ever gonna wrestle Pentagon, don't do it in a street fight <laughs> no, ever. I don't plan on ever no. doing that. And it was all last minute too. It was not announced as a street fight, so um, I wasn't exactly mentally prepared for it. But I'll know next time if there is a next time for that. Okay. Be prepared to go to the hospital. But uh, it was fun. It was fun. I just wanted to make sure I was okay. I was just feeling a little dizzy, you know. But yeah, I'm good cool. now. Yeah, we're good. Well, Great. good. That's that's yeah. good news. Uh-huh. Um, <clears throat> all right. So wrapping up the hot plate. What is next for Gringo Local? You um, sort of mentioned, like, are we going to see you in Chicago often? Are you, are you making a move? What, what's, what's happening? Yeah, yeah there's, there's stuff happening. Like, uh, I'm working a lot outside of Chicago, and I'm really upset that I missed that four-year anniversary at Freelance because yeah. I saw the pictures. It looked amazing. Uh, after doing what I did, I had a Texas date and an, another date for Aro Lucha in uh, Nashville. Yeah. I would have preferred to have been at Freelance and then just done the Arrow Lucha date because Freelance really is home now. And I realized that after I took that uh, Texas date that that wasn't the right thing to do. But um, Freelance is home for me right now. Uh, what's next for Gringo Loco? Um, a lot of move movement is happening outside, but I do want to make sure that I always come come back home to Freelance. Um, I mean, the, the major goal for me is to just somehow get involved with uh, Lucha Underground. I keep saying that on all these podcasts, mm-hmm. but... Uh, uh, I just, I'm just gonna keep. Yeah, I think it fits because if once it you do sure the tortilla does. gimmick and like the base, they need bases there. I know they have them, but like they need a couple more. You yeah. know what I'm saying? You, everybody's hurting for bases right now, but uh, we'll see. I'm just gonna keep working hard, man. I, I just feel like you know the, the harder I work, uh, the the culmination of all my hard work always comes in very specific moments, and they're obvious to me. So okay. I'm just gonna continue working very hard and just waiting for those culminations to happen alone. You know. I, I can kind of compare you to a offensive lineman, um, and not just size or anything of that nature, but offensive linemen do a lot of the dirty work and don't get mm-hmm. credit for it. Mm-hmm. So would you say that's accurate when it comes to basing? Here's the thing. Yeah, so 
they don't get the credit, but now modern day wrestling fans do give you the credit. They understand what a base is now, which is okay, good. It, good, and it's cool that that's known. Yeah. Because before I would take all the dirty work and not get any credit. The the good guy won, and I'm forgotten about. Right. But now when I go into the matches, especially at Freelance, they know what's up. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Now they know what is Gringo gonna let that guy do to him. Does that make sense? Yeah. You know, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. they know now. It's like, oh man, he's. He's the best at what he does. Let's see what he's going to do tonight. And, I mean, I also throw the high-flying stuff in there, too, just to make sure that I get a little more yeah, respect. No, you, <laughs> you know what I mean? I, I don't want them to forget that, hey, I can do this, too. There's a whole other element to Gringo Loco uh, base god uh, with the rope work, too. So it's just, it's just a culmination of all my hard work that's been put in over the years, man, and here we are. I'm just going to continue doing what I'm doing. Yeah. Did you ever feel a time that uh, and you were impatient? No. No? Okay. No, I've always felt like things have always happened right at the exact right time. I mean, okay. maybe maybe early early on, I might have wanted to be the biggest star in AAA when I was down in Mexico. Right, but right. looking back at it, no way. Like, I was no way in shape, mind, or physically, like, ready to be on AAA TV. That's the only time I think in my career I was like, oh, I need to be there now. Yeah. But I was, like, 21. So I didn't yeah. know anything, you know? Okay, cool. That's just that's uh, um, a feeling that you get, like, you know, when you have early success which i'd probably consider your what you did and what you went through like training at a really cool place in mexico it's right. like this should be sped up quicker but right exactly that's mm-hmm. it. i think that's exactly where my foot got into the door was in a very high level so i just wanted to be at a high level all the time but that's just not how things work right. in life you know exactly so, cool i think i'm in a good spot right now i'm content with where I'm i would say you are. Yeah. you are <laughs> from a fan perspective i would yeah. say you are cool um all right and Isai, what what's next with you? What, what I mean, <laughs> six matches in, in the books. Yeah, what's yeah, next? His seventh match. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right, yeah. Where yeah, do we see you? It's literally just the beginning. Um, right. Yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm uh, like I said, it's, it's the beginning. I, I only have uh, a few more confirmed bookings ahead of me. Um, I don't know. I just gotta get some more. I guess. Yeah. Are you, <laughs> you gonna know? roll with I'm, the sweatpants? No, I, I actually have gear now. Oh, okay. um, yeah, I only R&B. use pretty much. Yeah, uh, <laughs> Zello was the only promotion that I used the sweatpants for okay. um, before I ended up getting yeah. actual gear. Okay. Um, but uh, but no, I have uh, bookings in Ohio and Indiana, right? Mm-hmm. Sweet. Um, yeah, so I'm already like going out of state. Yeah. Um, so that's cool. <laughs> um, yeah, and then I know there are other talks with possibly getting me out of the country. Um, so. You know, just got to keep pushing, keep, you know, I, 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 yeah. I'm nowhere near at the level I want to be, Okay. you know, just to be clear. Um, like I still have tons of more work to do right, right now. Um, it is pretty much Lucha that mm-hmm. I'm doing. I know I, I need to expand more and do more American style as well. Okay. Um, just to kind of, you know, um, broaden of, uh, a fan base, I guess. Yeah. Know? Um, so yeah, so like I said, plenty more work to do, um, I just got to keep training. <laughs> yeah. You know, you know, it's going to be a whole lot more five days a week of training rather than, you know, just doing shows, you know, I know there's a, a whole lot more progress to be made. Yeah. Uh, yeah. before we get into the dessert, where are you guys from originally? What, uh, are you from the city of Chicago or a suburb up here? Well, I, I live in the suburbs now, but I'm from Chicago. Okay, great. Yeah. What suburb? Merrill's Park. Oh, oh, yeah. oh my God. I'm from, I grew up in Berkeley. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. I know a bunch of <laughs> yeah, people from Merrill's like, Park. It's basically down the street. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Uh yeah, I played at the I played a football game once at their Civic Center. I oh. think like that's by Division. Yeah, or in maybe like Lake Street as well. So that's, yeah, that that it's like on Twenty Fifth and Lake. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Cool. What about you, Charlie? Born and raised in Chicago, up north okay. in Rogers Park, Chicago. Born, yeah. Okay, mm-hmm. cool, cool. I just yeah. wanted to yeah, because I just didn't know that, so I'm just checking <laughs> sure. that box off in my head. <laughs> cool. Okay, Chris. 
South side all the way, guys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, all right. So for the dessert, we have some fan submitted questions. We posted that uh, Gringo was coming over. So um, first question we have is, will we be seeing him, meaning Gringo, in Game Changer Wrestling any at any East Coast shows? He was amazing. He was an amazing part of their show in Chicago. He seems like the perfect fit. <laughs> yeah, they need a base, it sounds like. I, um, I can neither confirm or deny the Game Changer ah, uh, oh. show in on the East Coast <laughs> at this time. The one in New York, or Joey Janela's lost in New York? Yes, that yeah, one. Okay. <laughs> neither confirm or deny, wink, wink. Wink, mm-hmm. wink, wink, wink. All right. Um, and wait, that mm-hmm. was by... Uh, I oh, did not shit. write down the name, so I apologize. Yeah, um, just continue. I'll find it. Okay. Continue with <laughs> All right. Um, what is your most memorable match? Whoo! Wow, most memorable match. That's in my career. Wow. Let me think about that. Let me take a minute. The one that really comes to mind. Uh, it was. I mean, just right off the top of my head, there was a four-way tag team match in AIW, where. Um, that's a lie. There was a. <laughs> <laughs> you liar. That was, uh, <laughs> it was my second match at AIW uh, in Cleveland. I don't know if you know about them, but it's like a really hot crowd. And uh, it was their biggest show of the year, which, again, I go into these situations and I don't know what I'm getting into. I'm like, all right, I'll drive to Cleveland and do your show. I didn't know, right? <laughs> so uh, it's their biggest show of the year, and it's very last minute for me. I wasn't originally booked. So okay. it's me, Z. Uh, we had brought in Steve Payne for the first time, who was another base god, and uh, Laredo Kid's in it, like Sky Day Jr.'s in it. Matt Cross got thrown into it last, last Okay. Uh, the magic in this match that was created was unbelievable. Um, the timing of everything, everybody was in sync, the dives, everybody was caught. There was crazy head scissors from the corner uh, to the outside from the apron onto the floor, like, and nobody got hurt, and we got standing ovations. Um at the very end of it, for all six competitors, I got to say that's probably my favorite match in my career. Like, everything was on, and it was all hugs and almost kisses in the back. <laughs> <laughs> like, it was like, did you guys feel that? And we were like, yeah, that was unbelievable. It was the first time I had worked with Loretto Kid. It was the first time I met Steve Payne, which nice. we ended up going on to win the tag titles. Uh, it was one of, like, the first times me and Z finally worked together in front of a, a crowd. It was one of those nights where it was just like, man, that was awesome. That high lasted for at least a week and a half, two weeks. It was awesome. unbelievable. Yeah, just a great con- it was absolution, absolution twelve. I want to say, if you want to look it up, it's all on. It's free on YouTube. Check it out. It's one of those matches where like everything just clicked. Everything was just on. There yeah. was no, there was no hiccups. You gotta cool. love those matches. Yeah, absolutely. That first question was from Zach White. Thank you, Zach. And uh, the second question was from I don't know because I can't see any more questions. But. Sorry, guys. <laughs> Sorry. Um, but yeah, right. I'll check that match out. Cool. Uh, third question, and it's uh, Arena Coliseo or Local Square Auditorium? Oh, Local Square Auditorium, right? <laughs> I mean, I mean, I love that idea because, again, it's one of those things that was so last minute. I had to go out, and they were like, all right, just cut a promo at the end. What do you want me to say? I don't know. Just say whatever you want. I'm like, I thought that was brilliant. Once you said it, I popped hard. I'm like, yeah. It w- originally, it wasn't my idea. I got to give okay. the credit somewhere else. Uh, Caleb, the ref, if you can believe this. He's like, you got to say this, bro. I was like, give me something to say because I don't know. They just said, say whatever you want. I don't know what I want to say. Logo Square Auditorium. And my eyes got big. I was like, dude, that is money. Yeah. How did you come up with that? He's like, I don't, I don't know. And like, it was as my music was hitting too. And I had uh-huh. to go out. It's like, thanks, man. Did the fist bump. And yeah, Logo Square Auditorium. Here we are, bro. Great. It's, it's 
it got a life of its own now. Yeah. yeah. I yeah. would recommend listening to our podcast with Two Juice. We got okay. con- it was like a uh, it was a, a, a unconventional guest, okay. right? Because like nobody ever asked the ref. Right. Uh, but it was like one of our sneaky good ones, I think. So I'd recommend that. To That's one of the people. elements that you never think of the ref part of all this. We were asking him like yeah. role, like <laughs> what is what do you think your role is on the match, yeah. and like who he's like. Uh, we are like, what are your inspirations? He's like, Mike Chioda. Yeah. Like, it's another ref. <laughs> I never would have thought to put a ref on a podcast. That's brilliant. Like, yeah. have you ever messed up a really big finish? You oh, know? He, yeah. he had a really funny story about a, a galley show where he, he Penta and Phoenix might have been in the match or on the card. And, uh, and he was so mesmerized by everyone doing their flips that Penta went down for a cover and he was just standing there. I, I was in that match and he got oh. yelled at. I was in that match yeah. and I remember I they remember him getting out. yelled at like, Cuéntale cabrón! Which means like, dude, you need to count, asshole. What are you doing? And yeah, you're right. He was like hypnotized by what was going on. I was, yeah. I was like, Caleb, you might want to count, bro. <laughs> the, way your ass beat. the way that he explains it is really good. That's uh, funny. Two juice. Right. Yeah. Who would have thought? Two juice. Two yeah. juice. Double fisting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> all right so this next part of the dessert uh this is the second time we try this and it's word association right so i'm oh, gonna I, i've listened to this before okay i'm yeah. ready <laughs> all right you know the game then all right so you ready i think so galley arena home i'd say home time page mm. <laughs> <laughs> history mexico city oh Heart. Lucha Libre. Uh, soul. Lucha Underground. Desire. Goal. Please. Anytime. <laughs> Somebody call me from there. Uh, yeah. Great. All right. That's, oh, okay. Cool, cool, cool. That's, that's all yeah. I got. Yeah, that's, <laughs> I was ready for like in a half an hour. Of that. <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, uh, yeah. So it's 801. We've been here for like an hour. I think sure. that's uh, enough of your time. Um, and we know that you got to go do some work. So sure. thanks both of you for coming. Um, we would like to give you the floor just for any, uh, once again, recommendations or here's where you can find me kind of things. Um, and I'm sure we'll see you again. So this will not be the last time that, that we see each other. No, sure. thank you guys for your time, man. This was great. Um, you know, it's a real pleasure, you know, spending an hour of my time with you guys. It was uh, very fun. Where am I at on Twitter? Gringo Loco OG. I am Base God on Instagram and Charlie Santo, the shoot name, on Facebook. So look out for that. Nice. Uh, yeah, and for me on uh, Instagram, it's at i.am.isai, I-S-A-I. Uh, and then on Facebook, it's just Isai Rivera, third. Great. Yeah. <laughs> They're not really more confused. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> Numbers and letters in that. In that. Yeah, it's going to yeah. be hard to find. We'll have everything linked, though. That was really fun, guys. Thank yeah, you. Guys. All right, we're back. That was that was that was pretty fun. It was uh and it was a surprise obviously that uh Isai came through, so that was cool. Yeah. Um it was it was fun to have both of them. Uh they definitely play off of each other and mm-hmm. uh you can definitely like see the the respect that they have for for both of their crafts, the bass and the high flying lucha libre style that yeah. Isai has. It was very well said. I thought it was cool that Isai kept referencing um that he does need to learn American because mm-hmm. he's like he's already he's already kind of seen the future of like not being too one dimensional. Yeah, yeah, for and sure. And like the value of being versatile. Um, so I thought that was really cool. Um, and yeah, they're both just really easy to talk to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're cool guys. Um, all right, so that's it for us. 
Uh, you can find us on Twitter at Two Heels and a Face. That's number two, Heels and Face. Mm-hmm. You can find us on Instagram, Two Heels and a Face. Same, number two, Heels and a Face. Same these. Uh, Facebook, Two Heels and a Face. Pretty consistent, right? <laughs> yeah, I, we got all the we got yeah. all the right handles. Yeah, yeah, we're doing sure. something right. Um, all right, we can you can talk to Charlie directly at Chuck underscore Colorado. Yeah, if you want to tweet about the World Cup, yeah, tweet you can me. Find me at Compadre Chris. Uh, we'll be definitely uh, be tuning into the World Cup. Yeah. iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, hashtag beat up GPA, hashtag fuck GPA, hashtag push Paco. Look who I'm around, man. If I fucked up, I'ma be downtown, man. Full flow down, man. That's if I get caught, man. Push me to the edge, so it really ain't my motherfucking fault, man. I'm not to blame, man. This fucking industry is cutthroat. I'm not the same, man. And I could let you check the tag. Now I'm rocking name brand. I'm only chasing after bags. Now I got a game plan. And I'm out here with the whoop. 703 I fives. Look alive, look alive. Niggas came up on this side, now they on the other side. Oh well, fuck them, dog. We gon' see how hard they ride. I get racks to go outside and I spit it.